With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Have your say, 0457 736 736. We've got plenty more text to get to. Don't worry, we'll get to them. But let's get into it. Ongoing NRL versus RLPA battle. Australian Rugby League Commissioner Peter Vlandes has, has come out swinging. Uh, the RLPA's proposed boycott of the Dally M as a selfish. Vlandes quoted, it's so selfish. These NRL players have worked hard all year and to be denied the opportunity by their very own player body, uh, at the end of the day, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Uh, the Dally M is their chance to be honoured and recognised. Uh, former players and media personnel have also questioned how many current players understand uh, why they are striking in the first place. Uh, we've also got some audio here of Clint Newton. What proportion of players, like give me a number, you said 50 turned up a meeting, but there's over 500 players. What proportion yeah. do you think actually understand why they're on a media strike at the moment? Well, well again, Vossi, it's more about the fact that are our leaders across the information to help guide No, 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 us? what proportion? It's... No, and Clint, I'm just asking the question because include the NRLW players as well. I'm being, I'm under, I'm underselling there. It's way more than 500. We're talking yeah. more like 700 players. You say 50 players were on a call. Is everyone on well, that's the no different to, Andrew, That's no different to every other industry that goes through this mm. process. They rely on their leaders to understand the, the issues and move forward. That's the whole purpose of this. Again, you're taking away from the issues because you're trying to discredit our claims and you're trying to make, undermine the players. That's fine. If that's what you want to do, it's not going to get a deal done that. Yeah, so it seems a, a hotly debated topic and, you know, a lot of uh, people in the media have kind of suggested that well, these players don't even know what they're kind of uh, striking for, or not even striking, sorry, you know, not a media ban. Um, Smithy, your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, as this, you know, keeps going and going, this this media ban at the moment, I think we're now up to, what, about three weeks? Mm. It's been happening, nearly four. Um, you know, everyone's starting to come out with their own opinion, and, and I think we're starting to see a few agendas as well starting to be driven through certain sections sections of the media as well. Um, you know, trying to always, you know, making the point around... And I don't think Vossi was trying to actually, um, you know, have a, have a dig at Clint Newton there. I think he was just actually... He was genuinely asking the question how many of the... of How many numbers in the playing group actually understand what it is that they're, they're going um, to the NRL for. And, you know, to be fair, it, it wouldn't be 100%. There'd be no way to be 100%. And I think if you go back a couple of weeks ago, he, um, you know, Clint sat in an interview with Gordon Tallis. And Gordy spoke to him about, you know, the actions that he took way back in 03. This is when the players boycotted the Dally M medals in that year. Clint actually asked Gordon, you know, what, what were you fighting for? And, and Gordon couldn't tell him. Mm. You know, and he, and he was one of the leaders. And then so Clint turned around and said, well, mate, like at that stage in my career in 03, I was very new to the NRL. I was a young player. I was following guys like yourself and Craig Gowra and the leaders, other leaders in the competition at the time, following your leader. I wasn't across everything. I just followed what you were doing. So I think that, that answers that question as to whether, you know, everyone understands. Like, clearly they don't. And, 
you know, I think he's made the point several times that across, you know, every other industry, anytime there's industrial action, I don't think you're going to have 100% of the employers understanding exactly every um, point in question um, as to what they're fighting for. You know, they follow the leaders and, and, and that's what, that's what they're doing at the moment. And for mine though, Kempi, I just, it's been dragging on now for quite some time. Um, and I think we're all getting a little bit over it. I think we'd like to see this come to a head pretty soon. The, the one thing for me though, right? The one thing for me is the, the, the sticking point for me, and I just cannot for the life of me understand is if this deal, right? <clears throat> if this agreement is as good as what the NRL is saying it is for the players, then, then why not, why aren't they happy to bring in an industrial relations mediator? Mm. Like, why has that not happened yet? If it's as good as what they're saying it is, and you know what what they're saying is fair and equal, and and every everyone, you know, will be a winner out of this deal that they've proposed. Why why the reluctancy to to bring in a mediator? Mm. Just to say, righto, let's let's nut it out and it'll be done. Yeah, that's the one the one message that consistent message right that i've heard from clint newton as the ceo of the rlpa other other members of the players association players through social media and the the minimal times that they do speak to the media on a monday and a tuesday i think it is is that's that's all they're asking for mm. they're asking for the nrl to come back to the table bring in a, a a mediator and let's sort it out that's the consistent message that i've heard from the playing group is that they 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 want this done. Mm. So why why the reluctancy from the NRL? That's my question. Mm. Yeah, it's uh look, I don't know whether it's intentional or not intentional. That's that's pointless. I think sometimes situations like this, certain topics get brought up and they derail what is the actual problem. Like mm. why not not us, but like why are we now as a game arguing whether the players do it? Like whether seventy percent of the players know or sixty percent right. of that's irrelevant to the topic. Why does it matter? It's it's completely irrelevant because if every player knew exactly what was in the um, you know the negotiations, why are we paying the RLPA to take care of it? It's, that's what they get paid to do is to take care of it. Yeah, when point. I was a player, I didn't know all the ins and outs. I trusted that the players that had played 150, 200, 300 game mm-hmm. had my best interest at heart because they'd seen everything, and I knew just I just knew some of the points. Now also, I've been a part of an EBA when I was a tradie. And it's the same thing. You don't know. You, you've got delegates that you know are represented from the union that that represent you as a workforce, mm-hmm. and you you negotiate. I didn't know all the details. I just knew basically the sticking points were like as in just the, the top headlines ones. When I had the EBA as a tradie, were they were going to take our living away from home allowance from us? We were going to have to work minimum amount of certain hours. Like I just knew the broad strokes. I didn't know each detail. And I think if anyone's mm-hmm. if everyone's been fair dinkum and has had been a part of an EBA or CBA. You don't know every single detail because it's not your job to know. You're not paid to know. You're paying people to have your best interest at heart. Like mm. it's like if you're in a company, a CEO knows way more than you know most of his staff because that's what he gets paid to do is to handle kind of everything. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, as I said, I just hope this doesn't hijack the conversation. And now it's all about if you, all you need to do is go to the RLPA's page on Instagram. And I know this is a very small sample size, but mm. you will see players ranging from. 300 game veterans on huge coin all the way down to fringes commenting liking all the, the all the interaction you would expect across the board yeah so it's a good cross section of the of the playing group 
yeah, you've got you've got guys, you've got um, you know people that represent Tonga, New Zealand, Australian reps. You've got guys that have barely even played first grade. You've got a, mm. NRLW players, and, yeah. and there was you know articles about the NRLW, you know, um, getting damage from suffering. this, suffering from this. But the NRLW, yeah. the girls are on board with all this. They're that, on board. They're on board. Yeah, I, I, see, I actually seen a couple of articles today saying, oh, the RLPA, they're yeah, this is this is hurting the NRLW. It's women in league round this weekend, right? So we 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 celebrate all the women in involved in the game through you know officials, players, volunteers, um, people being paid to to run the game, you know whatever it is. Um, but you know to say that the RLPA are, are hurting the women's game, particularly this week, but at the same time you, you see quotes from. Leading NRLW players like Ali Brigginshaw is involved, Millie Boyle, Keely Davis, Kezi Apps, Karina Brown. They're all on board with the RLPA and, and the action that they've taken as a group. It's just, I don't know, I don't know what, it's like they're just trying to, there's certain sections of the media just trying to drive this wedge between the NRL and the NRLW playing group and the fans. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I see. Yeah, and then also there's there's you know which is which is unfortunate. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's not good at all. Yeah, and even you know now the international game, you know the Australians don't want to pay for, mm. you know the um, yeah wow the the Polynesian Pacific, Pacific, players. Yeah, I mean I, I just think that like you, you need to get some clarity on this. The the players they do want to be able to help the Tongan Samoan boys they and, and women, but. It shouldn't come out of the NRL. So basically, if it comes out of the NRL's agreed revenue share, mm. as in, so the players say the players get, let's just say, twenty five percent. If they pay out of that twenty five percent, when they go and play for Australia, they're paying themselves. Like That's so, right. they're actually they're funding paying, themselves. They're funding themselves <laughs> to play with no, like the international game is a separate entity and a separate yeah. agreement. Mm. Um, and so the players are just saying, basically, we. We want to help, but we think yes. that we need to see what is the international games broadcast revenue deal, yeah. and then we can say, okay, it earns X amount. Well, let's take and let's we t- share that, and we share that, and we'll put in the money and we'll share it across the board. Whereas at the moment, yeah. you would have, let's say, you know, we'll talk about a Tongan player. A Tongan player would be genuinely just paying himself, so he'd actually right. be paying to play <laughs> for his country out of his own pocket, out of his own pocket <laughs> rather than going okay let's look at the international game the international deal with the the uh, networks and mm-hmm. we just want a percentage of that and then we can share it across the board and look and if i honestly think that if they found that the international game couldn't afford to pay the players evenly that's when i think the players would go you know what yeah we'll we'll chip mm-hmm. in what we need to as long as we can see the books yeah and 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 as far as and we've touched on this before Kempi, so let's not give bogged down as far as any type of financial um agreement is concerned that that's the only sticking point is those international payments mm. the shared revenue that's 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 not in question that's that's they've already agreed to that and you know and to see selected or selective um points put out in in certain parts of the media again is like oh you know the player payments have increased and their share rev- like the revenue has increased of course it has they, they get a greater they get a greater um, they get an increase in in shared revenue payments is because the entire pool is increased yep. through what these players are doing on the field. Mm. So there's more revenue coming into the game because of what the NRL players and the NRLW players are doing on the field. It's because of their product that they are providing. Mm. All of us at home yep. watching, whether we're broadcasting, whether we're sitting there as fans, whatever it is, 
that's increased because of those players. So they're entitled to that. Mm. And, 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 and from a player's point of view, that's not in question. That, they, they've agreed to all of that. At the end of the day, Kempi, I'll go back to my original point. If the deal is as good as what we're hearing from the NRL and the commission and now Peter Vlandis, who's come out this week and spoken about it, then let's go get it sorted. Bring in, bring in the industrial relations mediator and let's get it sorted. If it's as fair as what you say it is, then they'll side your way. Or it'll just be down the middle and, you know, you'll each get yes, yours, 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 yours. Away we go. Mm. Yep. Let's get it done. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I think both parties need to just put everything aside, just get back to the table. Because from the NRL's perspective, look, they are a business trying to make as much profit as possible. And mm. so in three or four years, when they come out and say we've made record profits and we bought all these assets – you know, that's their, that's their hope. But I just think there's got to be a middle ground for everyone, for everyone. Mm. So I agree with you, mate. It's, it's getting a bit out of hand in regards to, you know, how long this is going on. Just get to mm. the table and, and get it done. I think both are going to have to give a bit of ground, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's getting tough um, mm. to watch. Now, let's get into some other big, big talking points. Uh, mm. We'll talk about the Dolphins. Yeah. Only yeah, two well, wins separate fifth sharks and uh, thirteenth dolphins. Can they make mm. you know? Can they make the eight maybe or? Well, you know what, mate. I I had a look at over over their their last sort of month to five weeks, and I actually had them finishing just outside the eight, just because of some of the other results around them um, and the other teams sitting above them. But you know, speaking with Christian Wolf before, they they sound pretty confident, and um, you know, particularly this week taking on the Bulldogs, I think they'll be they'll be up for this one. Um, I know they took on their last game was against Penrith, right? And and they were, they were down five of their key players, but they competed. The one th- the one constant thing about the Dolphins this this year has been that they they compete hard. Mm. There's only been a couple of games where I've looked at them and just gone, nah, just no, nah, they weren't in that one. Yeah. Every other game, um, they've competed from first whistle to last. Oh, geez, wouldn't it be? A story. What a headline. Dolphins finals bound. Oh, mate. Seriously. It'd be, honestly, if they make the eight, it'll be arguably his greatest of coaching feat. If the Dolphins make the eight, does Wayne Bennett steal coach of the year off Andrew Webster? Ooh. <laughs> wow. That is Could a he do great it? point. Jeez. All Good right. Luck. Good luck deciding that one. Yeah, there's a spanner in the works now. Uh, now, the Newey Knights. Can they? Can they? Oh, dare to dream. Mm. Dare to dream. Um, well, look, they, they knocked off the storm on the weekend. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if Tommy's got that audio of our show last week, right? <laughs> Where I said, I'm tipping storm, but this is this is a danger game for Melbourne. Mm. I remember it clearly because I was here when I said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, the the thing about Newey, right? They their last month in particular, I reckon they've 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 we've I've seen some really good signs from them, some really good signs that you know they're they're willing to you know roll their sleeves up and compete in the tough tough parts. And I'll tell you what helps, uh, Kalen Ponga, like the way he's playing at the moment, he's mm. got himself sorted. Um, he's back to fullback. He's his his favourite position, his best position on the field, and he's just he's he's found his mojo again. Mm. He's loving footy again. He's fit. 
He's playing well. And, you know, when you have guys like that, that are confident and playing well, it just it lifts everyone around you. You, you can see it. Mm. You can see it in their, in their team. And I think, you know, to be fair, you know, the, 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 the coach, Adam O'Brien, he had a little bit going on at the start of the year. <clears throat> um, and, he, and he's been under a bit of pressure too. But I think now he's, he's, he's moved past a bit of that and he's in, he's, in a, he's in a space where, you know, his mind is fully on the job and he's doing some great things with his footy side. Yeah, look, I think Adam O'Brien, he may become one of those coaches where you just got to stick with him just long enough to let him learn his role, get better. I mean, look at Ricky Stewart. I think Ricky Stewart has matured so much as a coach over the last five years. And I look at Adam O'Brien, and if you were to say, we'll be fighting for the eight with everyone fit and everything going our way the whole year, I think a lot of Newey fans would go, yep, I'll take that as a, a decent year. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for the eight, and they have had so much go against them. I mean, they had their marquee, club-defining superstar player in a doctor's office early this year asking mm. whether he may play or not again. Like, that's how much they've had go against them. Brayley, their <clears throat> captain, gone. Mm-hmm. Their, their recruitment completely, you know, shot because they went out and um, purchased a fullback rather than a six yes. uh, because they had Kalen there, whereas now everything is settled. And I think, you know, we all kind of agree KP's a fullback. I think that we're really starting to see the foundations of KP taking that next step in his career as, you know, a genuine leader of a side that can get you into the top eight. That's where we, I think we're getting with KP. Yep. But do they have to win the next two? They have to win their next two, I reckon. Oh, yeah, a for sure. For sure. So they're taking on Raiders and then they got the Dolphins. Mm. Both away. Yep. Um, th- to give them any chance. I think, I think if they, if they drop the next two, they're, they're, Oh, they're next to no chance, I mm. reckon. Like out, very, very much an outside chance. One of the next two keeps them in the hunt, but or if they can get the next two, they're well and truly in it. Absolutely. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we share our holy schnitz moments. Thanks to schnitz.